Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting. Welcome, welcome to another night, Impact Night of the Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 54. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. Tonight's panelists are the lovely Miss Nina Taylor, Harnisha A. Coco, and Dr. Stephen Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. Hello. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, tonight's topic is one of legacy, and that is how will the 2020 elections impact HBCUs? Historically, black colleges and universities, HBCUs for short, were established to serve the educational needs of black Americans at a time when many schools barred their doors to black Americans, these colleges offered the best and often the only opportunity for a higher education. Current status in 2015, the share of black students attending HBCUs had dropped to 8.5% of the total number of black students enrolled in degree-granting institutions nationwide. With this in mind, since predominantly white institutions receive more funding, they are able to increase their scholarship loads, which is another reason why black college students say they choose the PWIs over the HBCUs. Having better funding also equates to having better classroom settings, high quality teachers, and better overall practices and settings. Students can choose from 99 HBCUs across America, including public and private schools, two-year and four-year schools, and the professional schools. Tonight, we want to talk about the HBCUs and how will the 2020 elections impact those colleges. Our first guest, our first panelist, I'm so glad we got him here, and that's Dr. Stephen Jones. Sir, how you doing again, sir? I'm wonderful. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here again. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Stephen Jones. is a Philadelphia native who has 29 years of experience as an educator presenter and author. Dr. Jones earned a BA in psychology from Widener University, master's in education from Howard University, an MBA from Philadelphia University, and a doctorate in education from Widener University. Dr. Jones has devoted his career to helping thousands upon thousands of students from across countryside 
He has used an extensive part of his career at Philadelphia University, Drexel University, and the Metropolitan Career Center to help students who have poor study habits. Dr. Jones believes that students can achieve better grades. They are given the right tools to overcome test anxiety, poor time management, and the inability to focus. Dr. Jones is launching a national tour to eradicate the dropout rate. We want to thank you for that, sir. His goals are to travel to all 50 states. Dr. Jones has, has launched this national initiative, or will launch this national initiative to save youth, and he will present study skills and leadership workshops across the country. He has written three books. One, Seven Secrets of How to Study. Two, Parents' Ultimate Education Guide. And three, The Ultimate Scholarship Guide. Over 45,000 students, adult learners, parents, have benefited from his books. The books have been purchased by schools, colleges across the country, and corporations. Dr. Stephen Jones is a household name. He's been featured in the likes of Teachers of Color magazine, Essence, Ebony magazine, Diversity News, and has been a national recognized guest on numerous social networks, television, radio stations, including NPR, CN8, WPVI Channel 6, Pennsylvania Cable Network, WHAT, WDAS, and WURD Philadelphia, PA, Radio 1, Daytona, Ohio, and KNUS Denver, Colorado, In Charge Radio, Orlando, Florida, KXIC, University of Iowa, KJLA, Los Angeles, California, WMM, Miami, Florida, and LIB Radio, Inglewood, California. If you'd like to contact Dr. Stephen Jones after this, you may reach him at www.drstephenjones.net. Spell Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. You know, Dr. Stephen, uh, Dr. Jones, sorry, Dr. Jones, I, I really am impressed with your track record, sir, and all the many things that you've been doing throughout your career in education. And, uh, you know, you are a, a graduate from a HBCU, so I thought it would be perfect to bring you on this panel for this discussion to start us off. And so, you know, with that being said, sir, with your, your history and your experience and with your perspective in education, had experiences with with both colleges. Um, how will the how will the 2020 elections impact? How will the 2020 elections impact HBCUs moving forward? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I want to um, preface it by talking a little bit about um, K-12 because with what we've experienced in these last several months with um, COVID-19, uh, a lot of the children who should have been educated at a certain level have missed out and continue to miss out 
on the appropriate education so they can be successful at the next level. So there's a lot of um, bridging the gap that needs to be done with the students to give them a better preparation as they consider uh, going to the historically black colleges and universities across the country. And it all begins with the amount of time that we're willing to invest as educators, as parents, as community leaders, in our young people recognizing that they may not be getting uh, the same kinds of preparation that we had entering in. And I know that um, very often it's still a big struggle, even when students have been somewhat adequately prepared when they arrive at the doors of historically black colleges and universities and other universities, just the challenge that is, is there. And so as we talk about politics, we know that in this last uh, rendition of the, the president, um, that, that he has focused more on private schools and charter schools than on public schools. And I believe that if he continues to be the president of the United States, that that direction will continue to grow. We won't see it um, you know, reducing itself. We'll see it expanding itself to that the government and the push towards state governments giving more funding to the private uh, schools. And um, that affects, again, the number of African-American students that are prepared to go into the historically black colleges and universities. And when I think about if Biden is, is uh, brought in, of course she has uh, Kamala Harris, which is uh, from a historically black college and university. So I would think that she would have some passion around supporting the historically black colleges and universities, knowing that we're continuously, HBCUs are continuously not given sufficient funding to operate, but somehow, in spite of all of that, they continue to thrive and survive and find ways to invest back in helping those who will be disenfranchised from education to get access to education. And I think that, that there needs to be more partnerships um, and accountability uh, if, if uh, Biden and Kamala are brought in uh, as the president and vice president, that we still have to hold them accountable. It was not going to automatically happen because now they're, uh, they're elected. Um, the community leaders, the presidents of these institutions and other leaders are going to have to hold them accountable if we expect um, the number of historically black colleges and universities to continue to, to, uh, to grow. And we've actually lost it seems like every decade we've lost a few of them, and we need to stop the bleeding. We need to really support and ensure that whether, um, you know, whoever's president and whoever's in office, that they know that we, that we gain a great, tremendous benefit from having the historically black colleges and universities provide education to citizens around the country. And they're providing it at all levels the associate, the bachelor's, the master's, and the doctorate degrees come out of historically black colleges and universities. And uh, specifically, I can talk about, since I'm at Villanova University as an associate dean, you know, we try to, to make sure that we're, we're increasing the number of black engineers, whether it's, and hopefully we're doing a great, tremendous job in historically black colleges and universities 
uh, we need more scientists and engineers specifically coming out of those universities. So that's, that's just my prelude and conversation. Wow, that was that was powerful, and, and I appreciate your I really appreciate your response, uh, Dr. Stephen Jones. Um, again, you can contact him at www.drstephenjones.com. I, I like the way you tied in uh, the challenges, and I, I think those challenges will will continually be met if we uphold the tradition of our historically black colleges, you know, what they stand for as far as character, right? And and, and a lot of times our, our kids, our, our minority kids, right, who these colleges were designed for, a lot of times now they're not taught character in their different environments. They're not taught character in some of the families. A lot of the family uh, moral values uh, have been bleeding as well. And so, uh, we uh, we need these support systems. We have to have these support systems, and they have to be set in place. And the only way we're going to get to that, like you said, is through partnerships. And we're going to need money for those partnerships to happen, right? Because we're talking about retention. We're talking about attrition. We're talking about challenges, right? And I like how you tie that in to our public schools and our private schools, because now this has become a, a battle, right uh, battle if you will and not only just with those two institutions now you have in the mix charter schools so now you have charter schools who are taking over uh, or trying to take over they have they have this huge movement against uh, public schools and you know i'm not going to sit here and just you know come against and challenge everything that charter schools uh, stand for because I'm sure they have their certain place and they are successful in what they do. But, you know, public schools, you know, public schools, though they were not here first, I think private schools were here first because it was provided for people that had money, education was. But public schools, they, they, their arms reach into every community and give education to all of our children, right? And so we need to support our public schools because our public school, without our public schools, we won't have HBCUs as well. So I really like the way you tied this in to tradition, and that tradition is experience. And this is why we have on, our, on the panel our next guest, if you will, and that's the lovely Miss Nina Taylor. Miss Nina Taylor, please say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. How are you? Let me tell you a little bit about uh, the lovely Miss Nina Taylor who is now syndicated. Nina has a bachelor's of science in both broadcast journalism and psychology. During her 30 years of radio, Nina became the station promoter and brought many outstanding national gospel artists to Ohio while promoting the radio station. Uh, Nina has an international news segment entitled The Gospel News that airs over on over 400 stations. Nina, help me out here. Which, which one is syndicated now? Uh, the new segment and the show. And actually, it's well over 1,500 stations worldwide. And so she's, she's on fit, over 1,500 radio stations, and we're just so honored to have her here with us uh, this evening. And Nina, my question for you, because you know I, I love the way you take a complex question and you break it down into bite-sized pieces so everyone can enjoy it. So with that being said, <laughs> my, my question to you is, what are some of the interpersonal skills 
and respectfulness that you were taught when you attended an HBCU that we need to teach and keep going for our other for our young people moving forward? Okay, um, this was back you know a while ago, back in the eighties. Um, I was straight. What, what what do you call it? Straight off the street. Um, I did love school. I did uh, take part in my education. I did graduate with honors and all that stuff. But when I went to college, and I had no idea. Now remember, this is all. Everything happened like pretty fast. It was like one day. Oh yeah, I like to go to college, but I have no idea of how to go or what to do or who to call or even I don't know anything about schools. And then within a couple of months, all that changed. And I was on a bus, you know, doing a tour of the HBCUs, and it just totally changed everything. But I had this idea when I got there that college was full of a bunch of rich kids who, you know, made their parents were doctors and lawyers. And, uh, you know, I just had no idea of what it was going to be like. Even after spending the weekend there, I thought all the kids were rich. I thought, you know, they came from, you know, a background nothing like mine. But when I got there, I found out that that was totally different, that a lot of the kids were like me. They were inner city kids that had grown up in projects. Uh, me from Philadelphia, uh, my roommate from Chicago, uh, from Cincinnati, from Detroit. You know, it was a lot of inner city kids that were basically, we all had the same background. We came from single parent homes. And I was really shocked because I didn't want anybody to know you know, anything about me, you know, I wanted to come in, you know, with this facade of someone else. But once I got there, I found out, you know, that we're pretty much all the same. And these are the types of, of teenagers and people that they wanted to attract to come to college, ones that thought they had no way to go, they didn't know what to do, you know, that were pretty much unsure what their futures were going to be. You know, one of the main things they taught us was to have pride and respect in ourselves. First thing, I had never been spoke to like I had been spoken to by some of the faculty, some of the staff there at school telling us that we were descendants of kings and queens. I'm like, what? You know, where did they get this from? You know, all this was, was brand new to me, you know, about having pride in myself and my African heritage had never spoken to anyone about anything like that ever in my life. You know, didn't know anything about, you know, the background of my family. Uh, if I had to do it all over again, I would major in genetics and genealogy. That's how much I, I grew to love it. But <clears throat> those kind of things did, instilled in us that pride, and I didn't know that they had a similar background for me because they had that pride. You know, they weren't walking around like me, like, oh, man, you know, I'm from the projects. Uh, no, nobody was doing that. They had that pride instilled in them, you know, very quickly when they got to that school. That's why I didn't see what I saw myself in them, you know, that's why I thought they were all rich and they all came from, you know, educated doctors and lawyers. So that was one of the main things. I think it, it changes you because you begin to look at yourself a whole lot different. They say, yes, we're all, you know, African-American people and this is what we come from and this is what we can be and this is what we want you to be. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. And so actually being in an environment where people like that, you know, cared about you and really pushed you. You know, you hear all this crazy stuff in the streets, like, oh, don't, don't go. They call it, you know, a black dude because they ain't going to do nothing but party. They ain't going to do this. Well, nothing, nothing like that at all whatsoever. Yes, all colleges party. You know, I live near the Ohio State University, 
and nobody parties like they do, you know. But still, uh, the school has a reputation. Um, our school had a reputation, but that wasn't true. When it was time to hit the books, the class was the first-rate education, you know, one that I'm proud of, along with the, the whole culture and environment that you get. And you see it when you travel to other schools. I was in a band, and I traveled to Tennessee State, to Kentucky State. We went down south. We went to St. Louis. You know, we traveled to different HBCUs, participated in bowl games, and just you just see it. You can just feel it. It's a whole different atmosphere that embraces our culture and helps us to grow into what we want to be. And that is the main thing and one of the things that I'm totally proud of then and now. Nini, you know I can listen to you talk all night long, <laughs> all day long. Okay. I was listening. I was about to go get some coffee and just, okay. <laughs> just stay away. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. But you talked about the experience, right? Yeah. And you talked about the misconceptions, if yeah. I can use that word. You know, and, and, but the thing that I honed in most on was that you received so much direction, right? You, you, you received direction, but you received, you had to receive correction, but it was done in love, and that's how yeah. you felt, right? Yeah. And it caused you to strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. And that's what educators do. That's what good educators do. That's what people like Dr. Stephen Jones, you know, he, he does that. And, and this is what makes him so successful. That, that pride, that initiative, that motivation, that commitment, you know, all that mixed in with discipline, right? And so this is how you empower, you empower your, 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 your students, your, your kids. You empower them to be great. You empower them to have esprit de corps. You, you, you empower them to be focused and organized. And I want to thank you for for your response. If, you know, you, you don't get syndicated being boring, okay? Let me just correct you on that. <laughs> That's you know, You don't get over 1,500 stations being boring, okay? So let me, uh, I want to bring in our next panelist, and that is Tarnisha A. Coco. Are you there? Say hello to the people, please. Hey, y'all. Hey. Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Tarnisha A. Mukoko is a purpose life coach, educator, minister, mentor, and motivational speaker from Fort Worth, Texas. She has had over 14 years of experience working and leading in these areas. These experiences have included working in higher education as a senior admissions advisor, as well as a college adjunct professor. Experience working with low-income and minority students in teaching elementary schools, as well as academic and college counsel for high school students. As an advocate for all, Tarnisha works with people and their communities to help others overcome any challenges so that they may have victory in their lives. She believes in helping students to achieve academic success and to reach their full potential. She holds a bachelor's of arts degree from the University of Texas, Arlington, and two master degrees, master's in business management from the University of Phoenix and master's in educational leadership. She has also received her 
life coach certification from Grand Canyon University. Tarnisha has experienced a lot during her career and in her personal life. Through this process, she has discovered a passion for educating, empowering, and evolving, excuse me, others to be successful. Her message challenges people to follow their dreams despite the circumstances that they face and encourages them to make positive choices that will empower them to reach their full potential. She loves the idea of meeting people where they are and helping them to set goals and a vision to achieve a position in their life where they are confident in their work and abilities to be successful. With that being said, my question for you, uh, Tarnisha, is, is this. Why, in your own words, is it so important to have passion for educating others to be successful citizens in the United States? That's a great question. And it's actually so key. So being able to educate, empower, and evolve is definitely the key to helping others change their life forever. And let me explain to you why. So, okay, it's important to be passionate about educating because knowledge is power. I know it may sound cliche, but it's true. And we never stop learning. And if we as the educators, mentors, coaches, leaders, or whoever you are, aren't passionate about what you teach others, then why in the world should others who assign to us be? We should also be passionate about empowering others to be able to pass on tools, resources, and different methodologies to remind them of your, their power and to lead and to guide them towards their purpose in life. And last but not least, we should be passionate about evolving, y'all, because when you look up the definition evolve, it means to develop gradually, especially from a simple to a more complex form. So this tells me that none of us have arrived, meaning that we're not at the place where we should be. There's always room for growth and to not remain in the same place. Some of us would like to call this remaining stuck or just being just simply in the same place. Evolving, on the other hand, involves growth to make us better, wiser, and stronger in all that we strive to do. So we should strive daily to become better, wiser, as well as stronger in every area of our lives, period. So your goal should be when you wake up every morning, you should strive to be a better you. Take myself, for example. I'm a life coach as well as a speaker. Even though people seek me for advice on things, I'm not an expert. I yearn to enhance my skills and continue to make myself better, wiser, and stronger to grow as well. I'm not exempt. So as a matter of fact, I'm currently in a coaching program myself called The Next Level with Dr. Kristen Guillory, and she is my coach, is passionate, and challenges me, and it makes me want to do more. And believe it or not, we're an all-black cohort group. So I'm similar as a coach and an educator myself. I, too, challenge, empower, educate people, which will prayerfully lead to evolution for my clients and all those God allowed me to come in contact with. So actually, I'm on both sides of it. Not only do I educate people, but I, too, want to learn myself. I'm like a sponge, eager, and willing to learn, as we all should be. But I do want to leave a few tips. One, remember, you're not done. You are striving to evolve daily. Every day you wake up, that should be your goal. Two, remember to ask for help 
No question is a dumb question. It's only dumb if you don't ask it. And three, remember, it's okay to start over. Some of us need to give ourselves grace. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. And it's okay, because life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon, and you just have to pace yourself and give yourself grace. Thank you for the response, Tanisha. Coco, you know, when you were speaking, uh, what I honed from what you said was, well, I thought about, I'm just going to be honest with you, when you were talking, I was thinking about working out. I thought about the gym. And, and in the comparison, there's, it's kind of funny, but it's really deep, and it's something that we can unpack because, you know, education is a gym, right? It's an environment. Right. Absolutely. It's an, it's an environment. It's an environment, you know, uh, the gym is an environment, and so is the classroom, right? And, but see, in the classroom, there, there's books. You know, those books are the tools or the weights that we use to work our brain out, right? Or to develop, I like that word, or develop, develop our, our thinking, right? Because we're, edu- we're, getting, we're becoming educated, right? Because of that environment, because of the setting in the environment and the practices in that environment, just like a gym. You know, they're, they're weights, right? And so in these environments, we have to have, if we're going to be successful, like you said, if we're going to be empowered, like you said, if we're going to evolve and be successful, like you said, we have to have those coaches, right? Like you have your life coach. We have to have those coaches. We have to have those teachers, those educators, right, to, to show us the way. You know, we may be lifting a weight up incorrectly, right? And and we will injure ourselves and we won't be able to get a full workout because the technique is off. And so now we have teachers teaching us the correct strategies and how to learn. And this is why, uh, like you were saying, uh, evolving and empowering is so closely knitted to HBCUs. Now, I really love this discussion, and, uh, you know, we're almost out of time here, but before we go, let's, uh, let's talk about some takeaways. Let's talk about some takeaways of the discussion tonight. Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Well, I, I took away, actually, you know, when I'm listening in, I listened to Nina and Tanisha, so I was taking some notes from them. Um, to impart the, the whole idea that you know there are a, a lot of us out here who care deeply about the value of education and we want to infuse that into our communities and it's going to take a team effort to make that happen each of us have a role to play and that we ought to not get tired of doing the thing that i, I say god has commissioned us to do um to empower our young people for a better future and for a better uh, better country Awesome. What I took away was, um, I don't know, I want to do more than I can because right now I teach five-year-olds. I teach uh, kindergarten reading to uh, special needs children. And I try to instill the pride in them now at five years old, you know, when they're just beginning. Uh, that is one of the things that I pride myself on is, is being able to take someone who 
the first thing out of their mouth is, I can't, I don't know how, I can't do this, I can't do that. And it's like a totally different child by the halfway through the year. And I think I, I just want to concentrate more on uh, developing them and to having more pride in themselves early on. What I took away is that we shouldn't be afraid to use our voices. Our voices equip transformation for others, change for others, life for others. So our experiences, our education, our lifestyles, our everything are key to helping others be a better themselves. And so we should strive to definitely use our voices to help impact that. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, I, I just want to Thank each and every one of our listeners for listening in tonight. Uh, this was another impactful night of the Impact Educational Leadership. This episode, this is episode 54. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaiah Jones III. Our panelists tonight were Nina Taylor, Tarnisha A. Makoko, and Dr. Stephen Jones. Good night. Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting.